I'm John Bruner with O'Reilly. My guest today is Ian Fife. He's the Senior Director for Product Marketing at Zoom Data. Zoom Data is a company based in California that specializes in big data visualization and analytics. Welcome, Ian. Good to have you on. Yeah. Hi there, John. Thanks. I'm glad to be here today. Uh, you've talked about the, the modern world of big and streaming data. What does that mean? Yeah, so it's kind of a, the, the term big data is, is widely used and, and it's often kind of misused. Um, so I wanted to get a little bit more specific about really the, the three categories of big data. The first one, of course, you know, the word big applies to large volumes of data. And sometimes, you know, people talk about petabytes and terabytes, that kind of thing. Um, but really, I think, you know, you're dealing with high volumes of data once you get into billions of rows of data. We, we prefer to think of, you know, big data as billions of rows. Mm -hmm. If you're in the, you know, millions of rows, tens of millions of rows, you know, all the technology, legacy technology can kind of comfortably deal with that. But once you're getting into billions, that's really where the, you know, the wheels come off on traditional relational databases and some of the more kind of traditional legacy BI technologies. So that's kind of the first aspect is, is the very high volume. Um, but there's really two other parts of, of big and streaming data as well. And, and of course, streaming is about high velocity data, you know, more and more devices being connected to the internet. You know, sensors and networks and transportation and the, you know, the internet of things. Uh, so we've got this data more and more streaming into organizations in real time. That could be hundreds of rows a second, thousands of rows a second. And that's another important aspect of, uh, of big data. And then the, the third part of it is, is around variety of data. And that's another important aspect of, of big uh, and streaming data. You know, not all data is structured. Um, you know, traditional relational databases were built for for very structured data where you could store that data as numbers and strings, you know, and dates, and then you could store that in, in fields and records mm -hmm. in traditional relational databases. But very often these days you're dealing with, you know, social media, you're dealing with uh, product reviews, you're dealing with, you know, service reviews, uh, web logs, um, call, you know, call center logs, that kind of thing. And that data often is very unstructured. It could be a, you know, a call record where, where there's a conversation with a customer. It could be a review on a, on a hotel website. Mm -hmm. uh, but that, that contains really important data that companies want to analyze. You know, I want to find every uh, every hotel where there's people are complaining about instances of food poisoning, mm -hmm. and that's stored in in hotel reviews. But I knew I want to do quantitative analysis against that. So that's kind of really that to kind of summarize it's those three you know the three views of volume, velocity, and variety of data. So it's a very different world from one uh, you know a couple of decades ago where database meant a relational database, maybe in a bank where you had you know, accounts getting reconciled in batches and the data was very uh, clean sort of accounting data. Now it's it's always coming in and it's uh, sort of informal and, uh, and drawn from the real world, so to speak. That, that's correct. Yeah, again, just more and more, it's kind of the emergence of, of new services like social media, like the ability to book everything in a life. We now book online and then we, we, we read uh, lead reviews online. So yeah, it's definitely a very different world from what it was you know, 20 plus years ago when, when that didn't exist. How do you go about sort of analyzing data that's coming in at that pace? Uh, right. Um, so this is where, you know, okay, I represent Zoom data. We've, we've made big investments in this. We kind of recognize this as a new era. And those tools that were built, you know, over the last 10 to 15 years, that they just were not built for this modern world of big and streaming data. And and the same thing with um, traditional relational databases. Again, they, they were just not built to handle those volumes and that kind of rich variety and complexity of data. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, th th you've seen a huge emergence, for example, of different kinds of ways of storing this, this more complex data. You've seen, uh, you know, things like Hadoop and Spark get very big very quickly. Uh, you've got technologies like NoSQL databases, you know, people like MongoDB, Cassandra, Datastax, HBase, um, mm -hmm. and different ways of, of 
storing data, particularly unstructured data or, or document data uh, in these NoSQL databases. Um, you've seen a rise of search databases where you know, technologies like Elasticsearch and Solar, where you can store you know, very unstructured data in, in, a, in a search database, and then you can actually do queries against that data, and it's going to give you very, very fast response times. Hmm. So again, that example of you know, giving a hotel where a certain keyword is appearing in, in the reviews, I can give you kind of sub-second response time against you know, potentially millions of, of reviews in real time. So you can do analysis uh, at the speed at which you, you're asking the questions. It's not a matter of like submitting a, a, a request you know, to your BI team and then getting an answer back the next day after it runs overnight. So, yeah, that's exactly correct. You know, people often talk about the term speed of thought analysis, and that's really, really our goal. You know, as an end user, as a business user using this technology, you know, you're not going to use it if you have to wait more than a few seconds. You know, they've done a lot of uh, kind of usability studies of technology. And what they found is if you have to wait more than about three to five seconds for the system to respond, you either, you know, assume it's broken or it's not working or you get very frustrated and you essentially stop using it over time. So that's really the goal. It, well, I mean, the main goal is to have sub-second response time. You know, we're, we're, we're all used to going on Google and you type in a, you know, a search term and you get instantaneous response, you know, sub-second. Even though it may be, may be returning millions of hits, you get the initial page, you know, with under a second. Right. And that's kind of our goal when it comes to big data analytics. And a lot of studies from Google and others have shown repeatedly that, uh, you know, the a matter of a few extra milliseconds in loading a web page and answering a query has an enormous impact in kind of the, the quality of the user experience and their likelihood to to rely on the, the resource. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, what we've done here at ZimData is we built some patented technology, which, and what we do is with each one of these modern data stores I talked about, whether it's something like Hadoop, whether it's something like a search database, or it could be a, a, you know, a very last cloud data store, something like Redshift running in the cloud or, or Amazon S3. But what we do is we build native connectors to each one of those. And each one of those uh, smart connectors, we call them, will be highly optimized for that data source. So great example would be Hadoop, you know, where traditional mm -hmm. BI calls, they can all connect to Hadoop because there's a JDBC driver for Hadoop using Hive or using Impala. But those queries tend to take a long time. You know, Hadoop is inherently a batch environment. So queries are going to take several minutes to maybe several hours. Mm -hmm. You can do the exact same query in Zoom data and you can get query responses in, you know, probably under five seconds on, on billions of rows of data. We do that through a couple of main techniques. One is microqueries. Instead of, you know, running a single large query, we break that, we break that down into potentially hundreds of tiny queries, each of which will take a very small amount of time hmm. to run. And then we do what we call uh, data sharpening where we'll initially present you an approximate result as more and more of the microqueries complete will actually sharpen that result. A little bit like when you view an image on a very slow internet connection, initially that image will be fuzzy, and the longer you wait, the, the sharper it will get until it's full fidelity. We kind of take the same approach with, with rendering and visualizing and interacting with data uh, within Zoom data. Interesting. Yeah, so, uh, so you're able to sort of estimate a response to the query initially and then uh, sharpen it as it goes. That's, that's right. As the, as the queries progress, we actually show you like a percentage completed. So, you know, you maybe, uh, get, you know, an approximate result within, within a couple of seconds. You might maybe another 10 seconds, maybe 10% of the queries are completed. But, you know, at that point, you may say, that's good enough. You know, I've got a, I'm looking at a dashboard. I can see where my problem area is. Now I might maybe want to drill down to the next level of detail. I don't have to sit there and wait for all the queries to complete. I can just go ahead drill down or filter or, or, you know, switch to another report. And what we'll do at that point is we'll cancel all those other microqueries we still haven't completed. And now we'll do a, a new set of microqueries for that, for that new visualization. 
So it, it really shortens the feedback loop between the analyst and the analytics system. That, that's exactly right. Again, our goal is that kind of speed of thought analysis against billions of rows of data. So you, you can almost interact, interact with the data like it's you know, not big data. It could be just a few thousand rows or a few million rows of data, but you're getting that kind of speed of thought analysis against huge volumes of data. Great. So tell us a little bit about some of the cases where you might see this approach to analytics being used. Are these sort of new uh, applications, areas where it was very difficult to do analytics before and now it's possible? Yeah, exactly. I'd love to talk about maybe a couple of our customers um, who had, had this challenge of big and streaming and unstructured data. The first one is a, is a very large pharmaceutical company where they, they're developing uh, genomics-based uh, drugs and they're, you know, they're working with hospitals and medical groups. And what they were, you know, and they got billions of rows of data. But so you're looking at all this patient, you know, treatment data. Um, they actually had around 9 billion rows of data and they're looking for gaps in therapies where, you know, patients could be prescribed therapies, but they're not for some reason. Mm. And maybe the, the doctor or the, or the, or the hospital is not aware of the treatment. So that's what they're kind of trying to do is fill that gap. Um, so what they were able to do is take their queries on 9 billion rows of data, which used to be kind of in a batch environment, and they were able to get uh, under six-second response time on that full 9 billion row data set. Hmm. Um, and they were delivering this through a mobile iPad-based device for their, their sales executives in the field. And it, it really led to a direct increase in, in evaluate, evaluation rates of new therapies. Um, so that was one case study. Another one was in the area of, of insurance, um, mm-hmm. where... This is actually a, a very large UK-based uh, motor insurance company called Market Study Group, um, and they make millions of uh, insurance quotes per day, you know, to, to individuals who are who are out shopping for uh, car insurance and other kinds of insurance. And um, you know, with the insurance business, you want to make sure the quote is competitive, so you don't want to be too cheap, but also you want you, know, you want to maximize revenue. And what they found is they were only able to leverage about three percent of their, their existing uh, data set, and that was data data set of previous quotes, you know, which won or, or lost, mm-hmm. as well as data sets about the the, the customers, you know, their, their driving history, their credit records, that kind of thing. So they had a, again a very large number of data in, in the billions of rows, and uh, by using Zoom data, they were able to go from using three percent of that data in a batch kind of overnight environment to, to real time. Um, you know, quote augmentation in the, in their quote management systems. So had a had a direct impact. Um, in fact, they they retain about fifty percent more customers as a result. You know, when it comes to things like quote, uh, you know insurance renewals. So this is a case where um, previously very few uh, quotes, very few uh, sales leads went through a sophisticated analytics system, and now just about everyone goes through a sophisticated pricing system built on top of this data. That's exactly right. So it went from 3% of the quotes being analyzed um, to 100% of the quotes being analyzed. And uh, they're making around 20 million quotes a day, apparently. Wow. That's incredible. So uh, what do you see going forward as the uh, primary drivers for market growth in analytics and business intelligence? Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting. We're we're seeing quite a big shift. This is a relatively mature market. You know, first the first BI tools came on the market maybe uh, around 15 to 20 years ago, and we're seeing a, a quite a significant shift right now from you know to from the legacy vendors to a kind of new generation of vendors like Zoom Data. And really, what's what's driving that? Well, there's a number of factors driving it. The first is the the increasing complexity of data sets. You know, like we talked about earlier on, you know, the the, the, the much higher volume, the much higher variety, and also this rise of real time streaming data. So that's kind of one of the main drivers, the, the fact that these these legacy tools were not built for that world. 
they mm-hmm. were built for small amounts of structured data and they, they tried to retrofit, you know, they built connectors, but honestly, it just doesn't really work that effectively in, in the real world. You know, as an end user, you're sitting there waiting for tens of minutes or hours for a query to run. You can't query unstructured data. You know, they just, you just hit the wall all the time with those, with those older tools. Mm. So that's kind of the first factor. Um, Second factor, I would say, is, is the rise of embedded analytics, you know, which is the idea of infusing analytics into every application, into every business process. You know, as an end user, more and more, the expectation is that every application you use in your everyday job has analytics built into it and visualization mm-hmm. built into it. Um, and that's been a big driver for the market as well, this, this rise of, of embedded analytics. And really, a lot of that is driven by the software vendors themselves who have applications, and they realize that analytics visualization is not their core competence. Mm-hmm. So they want to bring in a third-party technology, an external technology like Zoom data, to really do an, an amazing job of delivering those analytics. You know, it makes their product more competitive. It enables them to you know, charge more money, so it increases their revenues. And it increases their customer, customer satisfaction, which leads to you know retaining customers over the long term. So that's been a, a big driver as well. Hmm. And then uh, maybe the the final one is around you know, user expectations that people and users these days are not satisfied just thinking it's uh, static reports and dashboards. They they expect right. more of a kind of data discovery. They want to be able to you know they're more sophisticated. They're brought up in the internet generation, and they want the the ability to explore that data, discover new things about that data. Um, and that's that's also led to a big change in the market, the rise of you know, more sophisticated data discovery tools. Mm-hmm. And those tools being able to work again on these big data sets and un- unstructured data and real-time data. I think maybe the, the final thing, which is also somewhat disruptive to this market, is the, mo- the move to the cloud. Mm-hmm. I would say you know, the business intelligence market, it's been a bit of a laggard in terms of moving to the cloud. You know, a lot of BI applications are still run on premise, but there mm-hmm. is, you know, having said that, over time, you know, more and more software in every industry is moving to the cloud. And we're definitely seeing that, you know, here at Zoom Data, a lot of our customers do run on premise, but a lot of our customers choose to run on Amazon, on Google, on Microsoft Azure. And that, you know, we're totally fine with that. It makes no difference to us whether you run on premise or on the cloud. Um, so that's, you know, something we're happy to embrace and, uh, a lot of the again the older vendors uh, they're, they're more kind of awkward when it comes to deploying the cloud in the cloud. They just really weren't built for that environment. Hmm. I think architecturally, architecturally as well, you know, a product like Zoom Data, where we've built it from the ground up on what we call a microservices based approach. So instead of being a single monolithic server, which is very hard to scale, mm-hmm. um, we we actually have a you know we break up our, our, our server capabilities into a number of different microservices and it makes it very easy to distribute and, and, and run that in a, in a cloud environment and to scale to large numbers of users. You, know, you can have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of users in a cloud scale environment and uh, very easy, easy to do that with a microservices-based architecture. So I think those are kind of some of the main factors here. So if I can sort of try to condense your answer, it's that uh, sort of new technologies have made it possible to roll this stuff out users demand much more of it because they're uh they just they expect that everything is going to be driven by data and they want access to data uh to make their decisions um and the the systems are becoming accommodating to more advanced uh, analytics and it's becoming possible to to put them in i think that's a good summary i'd maybe just add one other point which is the rise of the uh the business user and there's something that this industry's talked about for a long time but i really do see it happening now where yeah, in the old days, it was more kind of specialized. You might want to call them power users who would use BI tools, and most employees would not have access to it. And we're really seeing that changing, where this is being pushed out to the edges of the organization where 
you know, almost everybody across the company will, will be making use of the tools. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's been a big shift as well. Right. It's no longer focused in kind of a, a BI uh, service or BI department. It's something on everyone's desk. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Terrific. Well, it, it's been a pleasure to speak with you today, Ian. If listeners want to find you online, uh, where should they look? Yeah, just come to our website, zoomdata.com. Um, lots of you know product information there, free demos, you know, lots of videos. So definitely encourage you to come and come and check it out. Check us out. Excellent. Thanks so much, Ian. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Ian Fife is the senior director of product marketing at Zoom Data, a company that specializes in big data visualization and analytics. For O'Reilly, I'm John Bruner.